Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Small Business Edge Podcast. My guest today is Kurt Wilkin, best-selling author, entrepreneur, Hire Better co-founder. And we're going to be talking about the Hire Better story, which is pretty exciting, and a book that he wrote last year called Who's Your Mike? With that, let's welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast, Kurt Wilkin. Brian, thanks so much for having me, man. I'm excited to be here, and I love what you're doing with the Small Business Edge. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. So we were introduced by a mutual friend, Rod Kurtz, or as I like to say, Rocket Rod, and he's been ducking me. So I've had a hundred and change guests on my podcast since 2018 when it came out, and he's yet to be on it. So you need to help me get him on my podcast so I can rake him over the coals. Hey, Brian, I can do that. But, you know, your credibility went way down when you said you're a friend of Rod Kurt. So we need to be careful <laughs> about that. I love it. Nah, he's, he's, a good, he's a good man. We like busting his chops, but he's a, he's a great guy and he will be on this podcast. Awesome. But let, let's talk about you. So, so Hire Better, it's an award-winning strategic talent partner for entrepreneurial growth-minded middle market companies that need the right solution to thrive and scale. You got to be a lot of companies' best friends because when I talk to those types of companies, um, you know, they're on a rocket ship and there are a few things that slow them down more than not having the right people in the right place, right? I mean, they can deal with market conditions. They can predict them. They see the competition, right? They access the capital. Maybe they hit cash flow bumps, whatever. But you ask them, what is the thing that keeps you up at night? And it's, do I have the right people in the right place that can help me grow and, and thrive? You know, Brian, that's absolutely right. It's always about the people. I don't care what your idea is, what the economic headwinds are, whatever is facing you. If you've got a great team, you can pivot and make it happen. We've seen it in COVID. We've seen it in this uh, so-called recession, the great resignation. It's definitely all about the people. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tell give us a little bit of the backstory because when when I read your story, um, you were actually the CEO of another company. So a higher better was started by somebody, and you came in and you purchased a company, right? That's right. That, so all right, so give us a little backstory. So higher better was started actually in two thousand six. The reason I love that is because. I remember those days vividly. I had a print publishing company and. I just started to get the early wins of the Great Recession. So Higher Better is started right as our country is starting to go off a cliff, right? Yep. And, what, and what happens then? Well, so let me give you a little bit of backstory. So I uh, I sold my previous company in 2006. It was a professional service firm that did mainly uh, finance and accounting, consulting, and recruiting. And we had a great run, grew to $20 million in about a five-year period, sold it to a national firm called Tatum. I was there for about three years until, honestly, I became unemployable. Well, yeah. <laughs> Being an employee and on the board of directors where you're kind of your boss's boss is a little bit of a challenge. But I left there in 09 and then I spent a couple of years in the desert as my, my parents were uh, both passed in that time period. My, my company, my proverbial baby was being dismantled. So I was in a little tough time. As many of your uh, listeners might have that same feeling when they sell their company. Mm. But then in 2011, I, I came back up and I, I said, you know what, I want to, what do I know better than anything? I know people and I know entrepreneurs. And so what do they need more than anything? They need great talent, as you said, 
I, uh, I stumbled upon Hire Better. It was a small firm here in Austin, uh, started by a, a, a pretty uh, a smart dude, Jonathan Davis and his wife, Kelly Geary. And uh, it was small at the time. We've evolved it over the last now, gosh, 12 years, but it's become a passion project for me, helping entrepreneurs who are past the scrappy startup phase and they're reached the point where they're trying to scale. And so what we do is help them professionalize their team and build that next level team for them. It's funny you say that word professionalize, because over the years, I've heard that many, many times. You know, your brother's the CFO. We probably need to replace him. You know, your your cousin is the head of sales. Did a great job starting out, but he, in order to get to where you need to go, we need to bring in somebody who can help us take it to that next level. How hard is that when when you try to professionalize a company? Well, I'll tell you this, the easy part is finding somebody. Mm-hmm. That's where most recruiters make their money. The hard part is having that conversation with the entrepreneur about their brother or their best friend who has been in that role. And mm-hmm. that's what a lot of that my book's about, Who's Your Mic, is about uh, helping entrepreneurs navigate that really those really tricky waters of coming to the res- uh, the realization that they've outgrown members of their team and they're, they're not best suited for those roles going forward. That's definitely the tricky part. I tell people I spend half my time with a client or a candidate or somebody laying down on the proverbial couch, like a psycho, you know, psychologist, you know, telling them all their problems. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So now, you know, you, you step into uh, higher, better and you have some fantastic growth, right? 2011 to 2015, you're growing 50% a year. Now that, do you attribute that to one, your unique selling proposition in the marketplace, but two, coming out of a recession, historically, the market that you serve is typically the drivers for innovation and growth. So right place, right time, would you say? Hey, Brian, you know, the, the mark of a true leader is uh, is taking credit when he doesn't deserve it and then blaming others when, uh, <laughs> when something goes wrong. <laughs> no, uh, a big part of that was definitely the uh, the eco- economy at the time. Uh, as you said, we were coming out of a recession. Also had a really good team and, and we were uh, able to seize the opportunity. We had a good message for the market. Um, and then, but what you haven't discussed yet is the challenges we had from a profitability right. perspective. We'll get to that, I'm sure, in a minute. Yeah. So again, you know, there's, there's tremendous growth, but then, you know, top line revenue, is it, is it matching up with bottom line, you know, net income and, and profit? So you were growing, but you weren't as profitable as you wanted to be. What was the problem that you were experiencing internally? Yeah. You know, I think this is a, a challenge that many entrepreneurs face. And, and again, it's the topic of the book, but we were growing rapidly. I'm a, I'm a entrepreneur. So for me, revenue is sexy. Like I want to mm-hmm. grow top line. Let's go. I can share with that all my uh, with my my friends and everybody's impressed. Now we weren't very well uh, run operationally, mm-hmm. and so we just weren't making money. And, and that's where I think a lot of entrepreneurs are when they they reach um, a, a ceiling or some flat line where they're just not run as op- as efficiently as they could be. Yeah. So what did you do? Well, so. Um, in, in my book, I have a, a, a character called Next Level Natalie, and Next Level Natalie is the person that can bring in those operationally uh, efficient systems and structure and processes and hold people accountable, all the stuff that uh, you need to professionalize your organization. And, and so that's what I, I went out to find, as somebody to be my operating partner. In fairness, the person I had before was a strong operating partner or a strong operator, but I didn't... Uh, I needed her to push back on me when I disagree when when she disagreed with me, 
And she was a little more um, acquiescing to what I would say because mm-hmm. I was the boss, right? And uh, it, it got us into trouble. What a, an entrepreneur needs is a partner that is uh, able to stand up to uh, to the to the boss, if you will, and uh, and be able to have a robust discussion or dialogue about what they need to do and come to the conclusion together. And at the time, I was getting my way, and that's revenue, not 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 uh, profit. Uh, yeah. Bottom line. Uh, in a previous podcast, I had uh, Matt Doherty on. He uh, Vistage chair. Uh, he played on the UNC basketball team with Michael Jordan, won the NCAA championship. Great guy. Uh, very successful uh, Vistage chair and, and keynote speaker. He talks about truth tellers. You know, he when he was a coach, he said he needed people to tell him not what he wanted to hear, but what he needed to hear. And he said, every business, we actually have another podcast and it's all about telling, you know, taking children's fairy tales and, and applying the business lessons that we, you know, can apply today. And so he did the emperor's new clothes. And it was, you know, everybody telling him, you look fantastic. Meanwhile, the guy's walking around town naked. And it took a child to point out that he was naked and everyone kind of just paused and the emperor thought, oh, the silly boy, he can't see, you know, how great I look. And he kept marching on. So it sounds like your business was experiencing the emperor's new clothes syndrome, or at least with that one employee. A little bit of that. Your, your story resonates with, with me for many of the entrepreneurs we serve. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's true. We, we just didn't have enough people telling me what you needed my, to my, hear. Yeah, exactly. You're naked. <laughs> All right. So so you move forward. So now you are applying, you know, you're doing what you say you should do. Right. You're 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 it's that what is it? Physician heal thyself. You're applying medicine to to your own illness. Um, So you 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 make some changes. Right. You bring in some new people. You redirect uh, or or reclassify some roles. And what happens? We um, we we turned it around very quickly. So uh, the, my operating partner at the time came in and slashed costs and cut staff and raised prices and, and everything was was looking really good. Um, what we needed to do was uh, what I wanted to do was continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, the partner I had at the time was was about profitability, which is great. Um, and I wanted to grow. So yeah. uh, the person I had at the time wasn't really a great growth partner. So I, I made another change, but I wouldn't change anything about it. She, she was fantastic. She was with me for just under two years. And got us got us uh, right sized, and uh, and then we flipped the switch to uh, more of a growth minded uh, 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 operating partner. I ended up stepping aside and becoming, as, as you said, now co founder. So we have a CEO in place, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're looking to grow again. And and I have um, the right person in place, and I've given her the keys. Fantastic! How hard was that? Um, it's, it's, um, for me, it was easy because I feel like there's people better than me at, at running the company. I didn't really want to run the company. I wanted to work with clients and, you know, have those conversations on the, on the couch, as I said. Yeah. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't have that. It's hard for them to admit that they would rather do their service or, or, um, create their new product and have somebody else run it. And somebody else is probably better at running the company. So that's, Really, I'm a microcosm for many of the clients we serve, and for probably many of your listeners. That's that's and so. And today, let's because I want to talk about your book because your book almost sounds like it's an it's not an autobiography, but it's kind of a is it is it? Well, I'll get to that in a second. So, where are we today now with with Higher Better? 
So because I saw um, in 2022, you acquired uh, DRA, right? Diverse yeah. recruiting experts. So you're making some acquisitions. You have now a plan. So how, how, how does the business look today? Yeah, so we uh, the three things we do for our clients who are looking to scale, we help them build a talent roadmap mm-hmm. so they can uh, understand it's not a easy fix. It's not a one day turnaround and you all of a sudden change out your management team. It's a it's a eighteen month or so process, and then from there we help them with executive level hires, which is you know some of the traditional recruiting industry. And then uh, we have a project consulting team where maybe you don't need somebody full time. We help you with a a near-term project or, you know, fill in the seat for a, for a period. But then the, the one we acquired, which I'm really excited about, we call it recruiting as a service. Mm. And what that does is allows us to go much deeper within our clients than we could in the past. In the past, we were mainly just an executive level search. Now we can hire those 10, 12, 15 people you need to hire over the next year in a cost-effective partnerish model. So that's, that's really exciting for me. Has the... Has your universe expanded exponentially with hybrid and remote work? So um, we've always been a remote firm. The firm I bought was remote, but I loved. But I mean, for your clients, like now your clients, you, know, you have a client in Austin or in Chicago, and they say, I need somebody who a CMO or CRO. Historically, it was somebody within driving or, you know, mass transit distance to the office. I was going to answer that in two ways. One is for for me working with clients, we can now do a lot of this uh, virtually or on video like we're doing today. And uh, and we can also hire candidates who perhaps are virtual as well. Um, many companies are are trying to get more folks in the office. So we're we're dealing with that, which I think is it's really it's up to the CEO or the, the founder what they want to do. I, I like the hybrid environment, but what we're encouraging uh, companies to do is if if you're in person only, especially if you're in a kind of crappy location, it, it's going to be a bear to, to find great candidates to want to work with you. So yeah. most people are doing a hybrid, you know, two days off, uh, two days out of the office, three days in the office type of thing. But yeah, it's it, opened up a whole world of, of, uh, for us and for our, for our clients. Yeah. It would seem that, you know, given the way you approach, you know, finding that right talent, that, that, that person who's going to be a game changer in a business and, and, you know, historically, it used to be, well, you know, you need to be local. But if, if you have somebody, you say, look, I've got somebody, they're going to be virtual, but they're going to help you get to where you need to be. It, it, that almost seems to be like the, the, the location is, is less of a priority than, you know, this person's going to be a fit for my business, especially in that growing entrepreneurial company. I think you're mostly right, Brian. My my caveat is if you are a classic entrepreneur that's not very good at uh, holding people accountable or yeah. managing folks, yeah, that's a tough road, especially for your line employees. Now, if you find or identify an operating partner who's really strong with that and you trust and respect and, and have a good working relationship, I think uh, that person can help you. But many of my entrepreneurial clients, man, the last thing I need to be doing is managing a remote workforce. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good point. It's good. I think what it does is it opens up the the universe. But you, you're right. It's it still comes down to what type of business am I running? What type of te- team do I have? And 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 you know how how is this person as a fit? Uh, let's talk a little bit about your book. So this, as I hear your story, as we talk today, 
it almost feels somewhat autobiographical, like with your experiences. Tell us a little bit about the book, what made you write it, and when did you start thinking about writing it? I probably started thinking about it about eight or 10 years ago. Mm, and right. uh, I, I've had over the last, you know, my 30 year career, most of it's been in professional services and most of it with entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So I've seen many of the same patterns over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And as I have conversations like we're having today, but over a at, at a at a restaurant or a you know, coffee table or whatever, a lot of the head nods and the and the the just realization, I've got that same problem at my company. Uh it became a uh, I needed to get the story out there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so each chapter is a different character or archetype of an employee you're going to have. And I'll tell the story of Mike, cause that's probably the, you've already kind of mentioned him with your brother-in-law, you know, being the CFO. Yeah. So, so Mike is a, uh, is a classic story. He's your friend that uh, does everything and, and anything for you. Uh, he's there working hundred hours a week and maybe started as your bookkeeper, doing whatever administrative non you know sales type things that you hate to do and you probably suck at over time he joins you full time becomes your accountant and then your controller and over the next 5 years you promote him to CFO cuz it's a great title and you want to reward his his loyalty mm-hmm. what you don't know is you know now you're doing 5 or 10 million in revenue mike's swirling uh, over his head at everything he's doing He's working 100 hours a week because he doesn't know how to build a team. He doesn't. He's just trying to do things he's never accomplished before, and he doesn't know what to do. So the question is, who's your Mike? Every yeah. entrepreneur either has a Mike, has had, or will have a Mike. And so that's the, the th- story of the first character. And then I have other ones, not quite the same as Mike, but similar stories. I love them. Yeah, you called him universal employee number one. Absolutely, is, is, is your Mike? Yeah, you have uh, I, the three that I like. You have Harry the Hustler. Tell us about how. So, yeah, I think you have 12 people. You It says 12 people you meet on your entrepreneurial journey, right, or that are, that are with your company. So uh, Harry the Hustler, Side Hustle Sam, and Right Hand Rita. Those are the three that I love. So, yeah, and you have eight more. But but tell me about Harry the Hustler. Yeah, the the way real quick, the way the book's set up is the first, uh, as you know, the first four chapters are, are uh I call them legacy employees, people who've been with you and, and maybe you've outgrown, maybe you haven't. Mm-hmm. And then I've got a few characters that you try to bring in from the outside as your silver silver, uh, silver bullets. And then uh, I've got a couple of more ch- nuanced chapters around uh, the HR function. And then ultimately next level, Natalie is my uh, keystone character with intermissions in between with, with some advice. So Harry the Hustle is another classic. Uh, many of us have uh, a, a right-hand person that can sell my product and, and he's great or she's great. And uh, I rely on them for really being my my go-to salesperson. But as I turn a corner, I need to scale, to use that that word. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I need to build out my sales engine, so I need to you know hire more Harrys, or I need to you know uh, bring in a VP of sales to start adding to my sales team. And so Harry raises his hand and says, "I want to be your VP of sales." So what do you do? Well, most people, yeah, come on, Harry, I trust you. I know you. You've done a great job. You're my VP of sales. Well, a sales leader or sales manager has different skills than a salesperson. Mm. So things like building the systems and infrastructure and CRM and all the collateral and holding people accountable and going through call reports, all the stuff that's required of a sales leader is not necessarily Harry's strong suit. Right. But now you make the promotion and six months later, you've got a, a, a frustrated sales manager and Harry probably quits. So now you lost your best salesperson and you have a crappy manager. So that's Oftentimes the story of Harry the Hustler. Yeah. And and I've seen that throughout my career, 
uh, you know, in organizations where I worked. And it's interesting to look back on it and say, yeah, that's exactly who this person was. You know, we just didn't identify him as such. All right, then you had Side Hustle Sam. Tell me about him. You know, the Side Hustle Sam is another classic. So uh, many of us, the people that we're, we gravitate towards as our first employees are usually entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Roll up your sleeves and do whatever it takes, right? And they're oftentimes generalists. So you love that that grit, that spirit that they have. Now, the the con, the, the counter to having those types of uh, traits for your employee is they often want to be entrepreneurs themselves. And so they might start a side hustle, whether it's buying a rental property across town or, or maybe, you know, starting a software in their garage. And what I encourage entrepreneurs to do, instead of saying, hey, no side hustles, I'm going to fire you on the spot. Let's try to work with Sam and maybe uh, invest in him or, or uh, encourage him to support me for the next two or three years while while we continue to build this business. And I'll ultimately be an investor or a, a partner in your next gig. And so I encourage communication as opposed to just mandating no side hustle. Hmm. All right. The last one, right-hand Rita. I, I love right-hand Rita, right? Uh, well, tell me why you love right-hand Rita. Let's turn this around. Um, because she's the one you delegate to, right? She's the one. So I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm like that visionary. I'm the pirate that's, you know, conquering new worlds. And then what I get about right-hand reader is she's the farmer that's going to cultivate all the lands that I've conquered. You know, I say, okay, we're going to do this. Rita, help me out. Like organize this, get it on, delegate, do whatever you have to do to make this happen. I love it. Well said. I, I hadn't thought about the world, the, the world conquering uh, uh, angle to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right-hand Rita is absolutely your go-to to help you get stuff done. And, and, and he or she is, is uh your, your taskmaster and mm. it, it works until it doesn't at some point that there's some maybe some control uh issues and, and some uh you know power struggles that might uh, happen but not always this is every situation is different but right hand read is definitely a, a much needed employee in your early days as an entrepreneur totally agree and and that's probably it's interesting because you know, that's that's the one that I see bringing in the most value. You know, when you look at it, and I've done a couple of different uh, assessments of my business through different uh, studies and surveys and whatnot. And, you know, you, you find out what your strengths and weaknesses are. And you say, okay, you know, I hate to do this, this, and this. And I have found, like, I'm again, I'm doing another podcast and it, now this has turned into a whole kind of a franchise that we've developed. And my partner in it is like almost the perfect complement to what I do. You know, she does A, C, and E really well. And I hate A, C, and E. I <laughs> hate doing them. And I'm a B, D, and F kind of guy, you know. And so all of a sudden you look at it and you say, this is a perfect match. And 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 I wouldn't call her my right hand Rita because we're partners in everything, but it's kind of that, you know, Bud Abbott and Luke Costello, <laughs> Oscar Madison, Felix Unger, hey, whatever I, it is. I think your audience may be too young for both those. Uh, I think those you're right. Things. As I'm saying it, I'm like, wow, you just age yourself. But that's that's what I love about it. So so you. How much of your book do you apply to your business now? I mean, I yeah, got pretty imagine. much all of it. I, I yeah. tell people it's not a book about recruiting. 
the book is about how you go from, you know, scrappy startup to scale. So it speaks yeah. to really all of my clients and probably most of your listeners. In fact, I'll make two offers for, for you, for your, uh, for your community. One is we have a quiz at who's your slash quiz, where you can say, see if you have one of these characters and, and mm. tell. And so that's interesting. The other thing is I'm happy to send a couple of chapters to you to, you know, provide to your audience. I'd love for them to buy the book, of course, but uh, I'll give them a couple chapters, see if it resonates. Yeah, absolutely. I'll put them right in the resource page. So if they, if you have a link to them or something, by all means, I'll put them I'll put them in the resource page along with that quiz. Um, so this is great. What what how is that? And the book came out last year, uh, right? about nine months ago or so. Okay, yeah, you hit that uh, bestseller status on USA that, Today was, and uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. So that was a lot of fun. You were number one in Amazon, right? Yeah. That's for entrepreneur, small business, or something like that. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, I mean, that's that's got to be a great feeling for you. What? Any thoughts about who's your mic part two? Like new characters? Well, so it's funny. We have a chapter in the in the back called Cutting Room Floor, which is mm. a bunch of characters that probably were really interesting, but I couldn't come up with a whole chapter. And I encourage you know uh, your listeners or anyone else send me your ideas because everybody's got a. Personal problem, Polly, or you know something. Uh, yeah. Send yeah. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you this: when I when I start when I drafted you know manuscript and sent it to a publisher, I had uh, two types of characters. One were, were the employees, which we ended up writing about, and the other was uh, entrepreneurs who were the problem, right? Mm. And uh, they they suggested, Kurt, let's make that a second book because let's just focus on employees. So I have a, a, an epilogue in the back entitled "When You're the Problem." And it's yeah. probably the precursor. If there's going to be a second book, it's going to be telling a bunch of stories about people like me and about you who are pinning the ass for our employees. <laughs> and we'll turn it around. Yeah, I think I could definitely see that book because we're a pain in the ass when it comes to our weaknesses. Like we're we're, we're not good at, and we don't we don't want to admit that we have a problem which means we tend to either put our head in the sand or we just avoid it, but we don't want to delegate it. We don't want to outsource it. We want to own it because it may be a critical part of our business. You know, I see that with financial. I see that with sales. I see that with just organization, you know, where people it's you're great at this, but you suck at that and you won't let go of that. And that's, what's killing you right now. Yep. Exactly. And you mentioned it earlier. If you have a right-hand reader that can compliment what you suck at, there are people that love doing the things that you suck at. They're probably a lot cheaper than you. And it's a yeah. perfect compliment. So go find someone to do the stuff that you suck at. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, all right. This was great. I want to have you back on. I'm probably, you know, we got to figure out maybe sometime in this fall where we talk about more of your characters and maybe even some side developments. I, I, I want to see Side Hustle Sam get his own book. So <laughs> <laughs> right hand reader may disagree, but, you know, uh, uh, there, there's something to be said about the people because that's what I say. I see that as a huge emerging market. The people who are doing the side hustles right now, who are trying to turn them into full time businesses, um, you know how to do that. How to how to make your former company your first client is, is what it. I say. I, I have a lot of people like that who come to me, and they say, you know, how do I do this gracefully? And you know, I don't know how long it's going to take them to replace me. And I said, well, why don't you make them your first client? 
And I, I have to tell you, probably in at least a dozen instances, that has happened. You know, some people say, no, absolutely not. And that's just a silly employer who feels hurt. They got their feelings hurt because somebody left their business. But the smart ones say, you know what, at least for the next six to nine months, I'd love to do this because I'm going to pay you less and not have to pay your benefits. Let's do it. Great advice, Brian. I love it. There you go. All right, Kurt, thank you very much. I appreciate you being part of that Small Business Edge podcast for today. Hire better. I'm going to put all of the contact information, like I said, on our resource page. So Hire Better is going to be on there, uh, where they can find Who's Your Mic. Maybe we'll include a couple of chapters. We'll include the quiz. Um, anything else you want to share with our our listeners as a way they can get in touch with you? Uh, I think you hit it. LinkedIn, uh, Kurt Wilkin, or uh, Twitter, at Kurt Wilkin, uh, K-U-R-T-W-I-L-K-I-N. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian, man, I really, again, appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, all right. So, Kurt Wilkin, thank you for being on the podcast. And to our listeners, go check out his website, check out his book. If you're looking to hire somebody for your growing entrepreneurial company, you definitely want to uh, look up Hire Better. And uh, and if you have any of those characters you think in your, in your company right now, check out Who's Your Mike. And we will see you on uh, another episode of the Small Business Edge podcast next week. Until then, enjoy the day. Thank you, everybody. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.